0: If you have your Bibles, you can, you can turn to Romans chapter 7. That's where we'll kind of be landing. We'll be all over the place, but we'll be there for a minute. I had a friend in the 9 o'clock service. I invited him 15 years ago, and he finally came to church 15 years later. Wow, that's like persistence right there, but I'm grateful. He says he's coming back. We'll see. I hope he doesn't take another 15 years, but... But I had him this this morning, so I got a shot to share the gospel with him. And that's what I want to do. I want to do for you. I want to start by asking you a question. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to respond uh, verbally out loud. But how many, are, how many would just admit, again, to yourself that you're struggling today, that there's some things in your life that you would like to see changed? Maybe it's a sharp tongue where, where you just have a hard time getting control. You lash out too much. Or maybe it's a hot head where your anger gets the best of your time, or maybe it's a selfish attitude, where you know you should be more whatever, but you're more looking inward. Maybe you've accomplished a lot, you've received a lot, you've made a lot, but there's still no real contentment. Or maybe you lack joy or peace, I mean, you've got seasonal happiness when things are good, you're happy, but when things go bad, you just kind of wig out, and there's no joy. Joy means that it's not based on circumstance, it's just you just know everything's going to work out because you're serving and living for God, and He's got a plan and a purpose. Maybe you've got a controlling habit, an addictive behavior, uh, something that, that you know is destructive, it's destroying you and causing those that you love the most to be hurt and, re- and repelling maybe even them against you. Maybe it's a negative attitude where you're just pessimistic all the time. You always see the glass half empty and, and it's, just, it's just wearing on those around you. Maybe it's bitterness due to a hurt due to uh, somebody that maybe a, a verbal abuse, sexual abuse, I don't know, emotional abuse where you've just harbored this bitterness and unforgiveness and it's, and, it's, and it's creating a lot of pain and hurt in your life. And and I just want you to know if you answered any of those, or maybe I didn't mention them, but there's something. You're not alone. You're not the only one. We all struggle with things. I, I mean, we all want things to change in our lives. I tell our people all the time, we all have issues. And if you don't think you have an issue, that's your issue. You, We all got issues. We all got stuff. And I'm grateful for the men in the Bible, the women in the Bible. God didn't put a bunch of perfect people in Scripture, that, that there are characters in the Bible who really were characters, who had a lot of stuff, and the apostle Paul was one of them. And Paul, I, before I read Romans 7, Paul was accredited with taking the gospel to the Gentiles. He was no small dude. He wrote a third of the New Testament. He, he, uh, he was labeled the greatest apostle, and he, he wrote this to the church at Rome and to us today. I don't understand myself at all, for I really want to do what is right. Man, I want to do it. I want to respond right. I wanna live moral, I wanna give generous, I wanna think positive. I didn't like grow I didn't wake up this morning and go, man, let me see how negative I can be today. Let me see how I can sour people towards me today. I, you know nobody wakes up like that wanting to do that. I want to grow daily. I want to be more like Jesus today than I was yesterday. I I want to forgive quickly. Like I don't want to harbor. I don't want to, I know that's destructive to me and and I want to release it quick and I know what I should do. I know what I want to do. I know what's right to do, but I don't always do it. Maybe you can relate with Paul. Instead, I do the very thing I hate. Instead of quick to forgive, I hold bitterness. Instead of holding my tongue, I lash out. Instead of forgiving, instead of walking in faith, I worry, I stress. I'm inconsistent, I'm critical, I'm negative. Paul goes on to say in the next few verses that it's like a war being waged. It's like a tug of war between the life I want to live and the life I'm living. Between the things I want to do and the things that I'm doing. Between the things that, the life that I want to experience and the, and the current reality of where I'm in. And there's this wrestling match, this pull-in, this tug-of-war. But he doesn't leave us there. He doesn't say, oh, you're just going to be negative all your life. Or you're always going to have a hot head, Or you're never going to get free of that addiction. That's not Paul's conclusion. He does say, what can rescue me from these attitudes and actions? What can rescue me from these addictions that are destroying my life? And he concludes that in verse 25. The answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. There's an answer to your problem today. There's a solution to your suffering. There is a way out of what you're going through. And the answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. There is an answer today. You don't have to remain the same by the power of the resurrected Savior. There's a story in... The book of Acts. Acts is the history of the church, the New Testament church, so, like, we've got life before Jesus, and then we've got Jesus' life in the Gospels, and then Jesus dies and resurrects, and the book of Acts, he's ascended back to the Father, and he's empowered the church to fulfill his will. And the church is growing, and, and, and it's influencing, and, and great things are happening. And, and I mean, it's, they're adding to their number daily, and this thing is becoming just a movement. It's just taking the, the land by force, and Herod, the king at the time, is, is, is threatened, man, they're going to take over. They've got too much influence. So he makes it his goal to destroy the church, and he's going to do it by killing the leaders. If I cut off the head, the sheep will scatter. And so he goes after James, the brother of Jesus, a, a leader in that first church, and, and kills him. And the Jews love it because they don't like what's happening. They don't like Jesus. They, they don't like what the church is doing. So they love it, and so Herod gets excited, and now he, he's going to go after Peter. This is what it says in Acts twelve four. Then Then Herod imprisoned Peter, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. So every six hours, there was a new set of four guards. Like who is Peter? Why does he deserve four guards? Cuz Herod didn't want him escaping. Jesus had already resurrected. That body was no longer in the tomb. He didn't want the same thing happen to Peter. He he had every intention that he was going to bring Peter to public trial and he was going to kill him. But he was going to wait till after Passover. He was going to wait till after our Lingo would be a- after Easter. I'm going to take a little reprieve Herod said I'm going to I'm going to step back I'm going to take a breath I'm going to let these these people experience their Easter they can they can go sit in the bunny's lap they can do their little Easter egg hunt they can they can take they can dress their kids up they can come to some religious service and check their little duty off the list they, they I'm going to let them do all that I'm going to let them I'm going to take a reprieve I'm going to take a step back But after Easter, I'm going to go back to doing the same thing I was doing before Easter. Listen, some of you have come to church today, and I'm so grateful you're here. And I'm so glad it didn't take you 15 years to get here. We are so privilege to be hosting you this morning, but maybe you've come thinking that you're going to leave just like you came, and you're going to go live in the same life that you lived before Easter, but I'm telling you, we've been praying for you, and we've been believing God for you, and life's never going to be the same, that this isn't going to be a reprieve, that this isn't going to be a religious ceremony, that you're going to experience the grace and the power of Almighty God, and you're going to be changed now and Forever, in Jesus' name. Here's what, here's what Herod thought. Herod thought after Easter, I'll go right back to killing the Christians and the leaders. But Peter had a divine intervention. God interrupted, rescued him out of jail. Peter got a second chance, a new life. He went on to fulfill his purpose and his destiny for Jesus Christ. What Herod to do, to, What Herod intended to do after Easter... Was, was snuffed out by God and his goodness. There's a story in Acts chapter 3, same kind of vain, different story. There's a, there, there's a lame guy, been lame from birth, that sits on the temple steps begging for alms, begging for change. I want change. And 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 uh, he thought he was just gonna get some coins, but he got change, like he got real change, like not money change, but transformational change. And Peter and John came walking by, and and he's saying, "Give me some change." And and they did, they did silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk and strengthen. That's the only guy in the Bible I know that asked for alms, and God gave him legs. Come on, help a brother out right there. That's the best I got this morning, and that was a very poor response. I'm disappointed. I was hoping for something better than that. But this guy got changed and transformed by Jesus, and that's our prayer, and that's our hope for you today, that, that you'll be changed by the resurrected power of Jesus Christ. So if you've come today, let me talk to those who, who recognize something needs to change. Again, I don't want to be repetitive, but I I, I want to make a point. An attitude, an action, an addiction. You realize, man, if this could change, life could be more fruitful. My marriage could be more fulfilling. My parenting could be more rewarding. My job could be more enduring. If I could just change this thing, man, life could, maybe I could fulfill the purposes of God if that's you today i want i want to just remind you and tell you again there is power to change like like you can change well how does it happen here's the first thing i would tell you to do is to say yes to jesus say yes to jesus i don't mean in a, in a little bit i'm if you don't know jesus i'm going to ask you to raise your hand i'm going to lead you in a prayer i'm going to give you an opportunity to receive jesus but but it's it, saying yes to Jesus is more than raising your hand. That's just the beginning. It's more than repeating a little prayer. That's a great start. That's a good beginning. You need to start there. But that saying yes to Jesus, it's 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 absolute surrender to his lordship. It's saying, "God, I was headed this direction, but I recognize I need a change. I've been I've been I've been aware of my sin, and I'm going to turn to you. I'm going the other way. I'm not going to play God. I'm not going to play with a—I don't want some dead religion. I want a personal relationship with my Creator, with my Savior. I'm going to say yes to Jesus. This is how how Jesus told us to do it. If anyone would come after me, if anybody wants to be changed and transformed and made new and made right, He must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. The cross, many of us think the cross means a burden to bear. Like if I'm going to follow Jesus, I've got to put on this big cross. Maybe it's a bad relationship, and I've just got to bear that cross the rest of my life. I'm just just suffering for Jesus, or maybe it's a dead-end job. And that's just the cross that I got to bear. And I just got to, it's just, the cross is not a burden to bear. The cross is a death that you got to experience. Jesus, when he wrote these words, when he spoke this, a cross meant it was the tool used for the ultimate torture, it was the most painful death anybody could experience. When you pick up your cross, you're dying to self. You're willing to die for Christ. When you pick up your cross, it's absolute surrender to the lordship and the leadership of Jesus to pick up your cross. And when, and when you do that, when you say yes to Jesus, God begins to do something in you that only he can do. Again, we're, uh, let me just keep reminding you we're talking about change and transformation and and, and, and not leaving like you came, but, but something getting better and, and I don 't mean easier but better in your life there, where God does a work, you 've got to say yes to Jesus, and when you do, God does several things. One, He cleanses you inside and out. He just doesn't, He just doesn't wash you clean, but he gets on the inside. Let me read it to you. Here's what it says. He was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. There's two types of sins, transgressions and iniquities. Transgressions are the outward act. So if you trespass, you cross a known boundary. If you, if you trespass, you walk on to somebody, ride on, drive on to somebody else's property. You, you, it's an act of sin. If I, if I, I don't know, if, if I, I lie... I, I've just committed the sin. It's a transgression. Jesus said, "I was wounded for your outward actions." You know what a wound is? It's an outward, it's an outward pain. It's when Jesus, the whip was brought across his back, it created a wound, which is an open that bled. So I love the word of God because it covers every detail. I was, I bled without the shedding of blood. There's no forgiveness of sins. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I took the stripes across my back. I took the thorn upon my head so that you could be forgiven of your outward actions. But it didn't stop there. I was bruised for your iniquities. What are iniquities? Iniquities are inward motivations. Like, that's what you think. Like, you would do it if you could do it. But here's, let me tell you, iniquity, the Pharisees were always getting in trouble because on the outside, you guys are sitting really close, and I just saw a big spit bubble just go. And I'm apologizing right now. I'm so sorry that they put ugh, that they put those chairs so close. I will back up, Michelle. I don't know where that went, but I'm believing that you're going to be okay in Jesus' name. Oh, it's embarrassing. But what's a what's a where was I? Oh, iniquity is an inward motivation. So the Pharisees they would say, "Well, we've never committed adultery, we've never murdered anybody." And Jesus said, "Oh, oh yeah, maybe you've never transgressed that way. Maybe it's never been an outward." Act, but have you ever looked lustfully at a woman? That's an inward, that's an iniquity. Ha- oh, you've never killed somebody. Did you have ever hatred in your heart towards somebody? If so, then, then it, you didn't kill them outwardly. You didn't transgress, but, in, but inside. And what is a bruise? It's an inward wound. It's inward bleeding. In, in that, don't you love the word of God? So I got a bruise. Something fell on my calf the other day, and I got a bruise. It's an internal it's an internal wound. It's, an, it's inward bleeding. God not only was wounded outwardly for our outward actions, but he was also bruised inwardly for our attitudes of our heart. See, listen, listen, listen. When you say yes to Jesus, he cleanses you from the inside out. That's something only he can do. Like, you can't do that on your own. We're talking about change and transformation. It begins by being changed from the inside out. You know what else he does? Not only does he cleanse you, he chooses to remember your sin no more. Here's, here, let me give you the scripture. Hebrews 8, 12, for I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sin no more. The word remember means to, that I will never recall it or bring it up for use against you. Like, I'm, I don't have some vault somewhere where I can, like, if I get in a fight with somebody, my, my tendency is to go back a couple of weeks and say, oh, yeah, you think I'm bad? Well, this is what you did. And that's not what God does. God throws that stuff into the f- sea of forgetfulness. He chooses to never, ever, ever bring your past sin up to use against you or cause to defeat you. That's the work of the enemy. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy comes to condemn and accuse. Jesus didn't come to tell you how bad you were. He told you, came to tell you how good God was. Jesus is not the accuser. If you're, he'll convict you by the Holy Spirit. But if you feel less than and defeated, that's not the work of God. He chooses to forget your sins. He'll remember them no more. That's good news. He also, he also makes you new. He doesn't make you a better new. He makes you brand new. Here's what the Bible says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they've surrendered to the lordship of Jesus. They've committed to his way. They're connected to the vine. If you are in Christ, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. We're talking about change. How do I change? Well, you got to get cleaned from the inside out. Your sins have got to be forgiven and cast away. And you got to become. You got to get a new nature. You got to get a new heart. You got to get a new desire. You got to get a new passion. The only one that can do that is Jesus Christ. The solution is Jesus. I hear people all the time. Well, well, I got an anger problem because my daddy was always angry and my granddaddy was always angry. And that's just my lot. We're angry people. Grants are angry. And you know what my response is? I don't have that nature anymore. Not that my—that's not me. I was just using me. My my dad's here probably today, and he's going to think you think I'm angry. No, Dad, you're not angry. I was just making an <laughs> illustration. But 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 I'm, I don't have that anymore. I don't I don't have that old nature. I got a new nature. where well, my mama was just always stressed out. She always battled depression. She was always worried over really nothing, and that's just how I am. I just took it on. No, no, no. You say yes to Jesus, you get, you get, a, new, you get a new direction. You get a new nature. You get washed and cleansed from the inside out. You, you get your sins thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. You get a new heart. Look at this, Ezekiel 36. I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I'll take out your old stony, stubborn heart. Man, isn't that good? I need that. God, do that for me. And give you a tender, responsive heart. Here he goes on to say, I'll put my spirit in you. Well, how do I get the spirit of God? You surrender to Jesus. And he'll give you a new spirit where you'll want to follow my decrees. And you'll want to be careful to obey my commands. See when you you say yes to Jesus, there becomes not only are your sins forgiven because of the death of Jesus, but but you because of the resurrection and His power, He can begin to change you from glory to glory, and and begin to make all things new, and take that habit, and take that addiction, and take that hot head, and take that quick tongue, and He can begin to conform it into the image of His Son, and, and dep- He can take out the junk and fill you with the good stuff. He can He can baptize you with love and peace and joy and patience and kind. Who wouldn't want that kind of stuff? Love, that goodness, grace, peace, where you're walking with a new attitude and a new, but it begins by you surrendering your life to Jesus Christ and saying yes to him. Not, not, yeah, count me in on this one. Oh yeah, can I get some fire insurance to get out of hell? No, 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 no. Lord, I surrender to your leadership. That's a prayer God wants to answer, and when you do that, the change and the transformation, the same grace that saved you can change you. Man, that's good news. I don't know if it's good news for you, but I'm so grateful for it. But I, I don't want to stop there because we do have a part in it. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying this. I'm not preaching a self-help theology, and I'm ne- I will never say you're saved by grace, not works. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's the grace of God that changes you. But we can align ourselves. This is what I'm trying to say. Your discipline and self-will cannot overcome the attitudes and the actions that you're struggling with. You, it just, you, you, you need something greater than you. If you could, you would have already done it. If you could get past the thing that's got you boogered up, you could have already busted through on your own. But, but we can't. We need something greater. And, and it's not a higher power. It's the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. He's the answer. He's the solution. But you do have to align yourself. You do have to position yourself so that you can receive from God and so that God can work in you. And let me just give you a few. You've got to develop some daily disciplines, and I like to call them commitments. And here's one of the commitments you've got to spend. If you want to change, if you don't like the way you're talking, if you don't like the way you're thinking, if you don't like the way your life is headed, if you want to be more connected to God, if you want to fulfill his purpose, if you want to walk in his ways, I wish there was a pill you could take. I wish there was a shot you could inject, but it's spend time in God's word. Spend time in God's word. God's word is described as water. What water does, obviously, it washes you. And the more you get into word, the more you wash. Every day we get constant messages of how the world lives and what they think. And what the word does is he washes that, he washes away the junk, and he gives you the mind and the heart of God. Here's how the psalmist said it. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, like he doesn't take his cues from other people, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. He doesn't do any of that, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and that's God's word, that's the Bible, and who meditates on it always, day and night, who spends time in it, thinking about it. And I'm not telling you you gotta spend an hour. You're not a theologian. You're not you're not trying you don't have to prepare a message. That's not what what God expects of you, but where you're just getting a date, where you're feeding yourself, where you're coming, where you're spending some time opening up God's word, saying, Holy Spirit, speak to me, and allowing the words on that page to be transformed by the Holy Spirit to bring about revelation and inspiration to your heart. If you'll meditate on it day and night, this is what will happen. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. And again, it doesn't mean storms won't come. There's a lot of trees by the river that have endured storms. But you know what happens when storms come? Their roots go deeper. They get more stable. They get more strong. That's what happens when you are a student of God's word. Your roots go deeper and whatever they do, Prospers. That that's what I want for you. That's what I want for me. I I don't want to be, I don't want to come back next Easter and be in the same place struggling and wrestling with the same thing. I want God's word to wash me and cleanse me and to and to give me a new attitude and free me from my addictions and, and help me overcome the things that are that are hindering me from reaching my full potential. Here, here's some tools that you can use. The Bible app. I mean, we've got, if you've not downloaded this, man, I would, I would, don't do it right now because I'll get offended because I spent a lot of time on this message and I don't want you downloading something while I'm talking. But when you get a chance, download this thing. It, 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 it's the greatest tool that I've had that I know of that can that can help you. Like, like I'm going through a devotional and I, and I do it with, with one of my sons and another, uh, a friend of ours. And so you can, I, I don't even know if I'm explaining this right, you probably know more than I do, but you can connect to one another. And so, like, I don't want to read the Bible every day, but I know Zach is going to know if I commented. So even when I don't want to read it, I read it because I know that he's going to be asking me if I read my Bible. Does that make sense to you? It's just that accountability. And so, you, what's your struggle? What's your issue? What's your thing? They got every devotion known to man. It takes five to 10 minutes max that you can go through. We have a resource called Right Now Media that you can get on. It's free. We pay for it, but it's free to everyone that will go to resources. All kind of studies. You want to go deeper. You got marriage. Whatever you want to do, it's there. I'm just telling you, if you want ch- if you don't want to come back next year, the same, you start spending time God- in God's word. Here's another thing. Worship every day. Worship every day. When I mean worship, in this case, in this context, I mean put on some praise music. Put on some worship music. Find find turn off tear in my beard. Dog ran away. Truck broke down. And put on some. Turn off the cut I call my kids music cut me music. Turn off that cut me music and and put on some put on some work music that will that is that that's not funny that will elevate me and, and encourage me and inspire me and motivate me and spend time and, and just get in the presence of God. Here's why. Here's why I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I have been saved from my enemies. Well, what's your enemies? Fear. Die, your your enemy's the devil your enemy is is your flesh how many how many of you guys struggle with your flesh that's an enemy and so how do i how do i get saved from that enemy i worship the lord there's something about, I can't tell you the number of times that I've been doubting my faith and really concerned about my future, and I could have I went into a self-pity party, or I chose to turn on some worship music and go after God, and worship changes the atmosphere, changes the environment, and it, and it can replace your fear, and it can give you faith. It can build you up. I'm telling you, if you don't like where you are, or even if you're not in a super bad place, but in reality, we're all in a place where we could change. Spend time in God's Word. Worship every day. Here's another other thing, uh, participate in a group. We have small groups at Clover Hill, and it's just like-minded people that are going after the same God. See, your, your, your walk with Christ, your commitment to Jesus is personal, but it was never meant to be lived out in private. That's not how God designed it or ordained it. It's meant to be lived out in community with other brothers and sisters that are going after the same thing. He, here's what the Bible says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Let me, let me, Contrast that to 1 John 1, nine, When you confess your sins to Jesus, you're forgiven. But when you confess your sins to one another, you're healed. And I'm not saying you get up before a group of people and just bow out and tell them everything that you've ever done. But you're connected to a small group of people that love you and you love them that are confidential and that you can share your struggles and your issues. I've got a group that meets every week, about seven or eight men. We get together every week and we're going through a book called Resolution of Men and we're making commitments and we're holding one another. Or another accountable. And we're checking off being on each other through the week. And I'm telling you, my life is different because I've, I don't have time for it. I got to make time for it. But my life is different because I have chosen to be connected to a group of men that have the same passion, same desires, same struggles, but are going after God with all their heart. It makes a big difference, makes a big difference. Here's one more thing. And then I'll make up make church a priority. I'm not saying this because I'm a pastor, though I am a pastor, and I love that you're here. I'm not saying that for that. I really, I've ch- I'm, uh, as good as I know, my motives are pure. I, I, want you to change. I want you to be changed. I want you to be tra- transformed. And one of the tools, one of the avenues, one of the things God has given us to bring that about is the body of Christ. Is the church. Here's what he said. This is a command, not an option, not, not when you get around to it, not if you don't have anything else to do, not if the weather's just right, like it's too hot to golf, but it's too cold to go to the beach, so I'll, I'll, you know, then I'll go to church. No, no. Let a, a command is for your good, your benefit, or the good of the kingdom. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Some have said, I don't need church. I'll just do it a couple times a year. I'm okay without it. I can do it on my own. I can watch a live stream, I can listen to a podcast. All that stuff is great. But the Word of God says, let's don't give up meeting together, some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. See, there's some things that can happen in church that can't happen anywhere else. The Bible says if one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. We're 10 times stronger because we're sitting beside each other. Our worship is 10 times greater. Our prayer is 10 times more effective. Our our, our ability to overcome sin and temptation and and the attacks of the enemy are greater because we're connected as a body and we're doing this this thing together. Make church a priority. If, if you're interested in transformation and change, you're tired of going down that same old road. You're tired of dealing with the same things week after week, day after day, year after day, year after year. There can be change. There can be transformation. And it begins by saying yes to Jesus. And then it, and then it continues By aligning yourself and getting yourself in a place and doing some things where God can speak into your heart, where you can give him something to work with. Have I said I'm going to close? Have I already said that? I haven't? Good, because I'm closing right now. And hopefully this is the last time I'll say I'll close. But you know this is the third, fourth service, so I can go as long as I want. Like, I don't have another service to preach at, so we could go forever. But uh, you're, you're lying. You're clapping, but you don't mean that. You're like... Dinner's in the oven. You better hurry up. Oh, go as long as you want, pastor, but you better not take more than five minutes. I'm not going to be like Pharaoh. I'm going to let God's people go. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. But here is, here's the law of worship described to us in Ezekiel chapter 46. Catch this, will you? Don't listen. Lean in. Don't check out. When people come in through the north gateway to worship the Lord during the religious festivals, So Ezekiel is giving the people a a diagram, a plan, a a system of worship. When you come in through the north during Easter, during Christmas, whenever you come to do do your little thing, celebrate your little religion, when you come to do that, if you come in through the north, I want you to leave through the south. And those who enter through the south, I want you to leave through the north and again, I know somebody's gonna email me and say that's not north and that's not south. That's not the point. Uh, the point is don't don't leave in the same door you came in. Here's, here's what he said they must leave the north gateway. They must never leave by the same gateway they came in, but must always use the opposite gateway. You you know you know what you know what God is saying to us through that? Like, I don't want you back here another year struggling with the same stuff, having the same issues. You might have come to a little religious festival, but you're going to come in one way, and I want you to leave another way. I want you, you might have come in depressed, but I want you to leave with joy. You might have come in carnal, but I want you to leave spiritual. You might have come in dry, but I want you to leave refreshed. You might have come in questioning, but I want you to believe, uh, I want you to leave believing. You might have come in with fear, but I want you to leave with faith. You might have come in depressed, but I want you to leave with joy. You might come in hungry, but you can leave full. You might have come in today to check off your religious duty, but you can leave changed by the grace of God and the power of his Holy Spirit. Ezekiel said, when we gather together on those festival days, hey, it's not going to be just another Easter. It's not going to be coming. It's not going to be like Herod. I'm just going to give it a little reprieve. I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to do my little thing. No, and then I'm going to go right back to living the way I always live. No, there's going to be a divine interruption. There's going to be a God moment that takes you from the north to the south, that changes and rearranges your life. Pastor, I don't like the person I've become. There's some internal struggles and hidden sin and constant shame. And there's some insecurity. Pastor, I don't like the direction I'm headed. It's just, I know it's not the right way. I don't, I, pastor, I don't want to go back to business as usual. I don't, I don't want to fall back into some stale religious activity. I, I want a fresh relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you, okay, say yes to Jesus. Say yes to the Lord. He'll cleanse you from the inside out. He'll make you brand new and make some commitments. Give him a year, but don't give him a day. Don't give him, he's not a microwave God. He's not a drive through Jesus where you make your order and you swing around and pick it up and get out of there. He's not a a pill to sedate you. He's a solution to change you. God wants to train. It's not, It's not, he's not like, here, take a little dose of this medicine so you can get through your difficulty and your challenge, and then then you'll just go do your own thing. No, I don't want to sedate you. I want to I solve the problem that's keeping you from your potential. Give him a year. Spend time in his word. And if you miss it a day, don't beat yourself up and quit. Get back. I can't tell you the number of times I've tried to read the Bible through in a year. I've got to Leviticus, and I've about just rip my eyes out because if I hear another sacrifice, what in the round world are you talking about? And I give it up, but I'm just saying right now I am, I hate to admit this. You probably don't care. I am 30 days away from completing reading the Bible. It's only taken me two years, but I'm almost, it's supposed to take a year, but I'm almost through it. And I'm telling you the last little bit, I've even got a lot out of it. To God be the glory. I don't even know why I told you all that. But just to say, keep pressing in. Worship every day. Every day. Get in a group. Find a community that you can do life with that are going in your same direction and make church a priority. And I'm confident. It's like a money-back guarantee. You'll never be the same. A life fully surrendered, to Jesus is better and it makes you better at life. Amen, everybody. Stand with me on your feet and ask yourself this question. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Come on, now's not the time to check out, to get in another category, to think about what's going on. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? You know what the Holy Spirit's saying to some of you? That you need to surrender to Jesus that you need to say yes to the Lord. You know what the Holy Spirit is saying to some of you that if you were to die tonight, today, you would spend eternity apart from God. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to convince you of your need for Jesus that today is the day of salvation. Some of you are standing here and your stomach's turning and your heart's pounding, and you're saying, what's that all about? It's the Holy Spirit wanting to draw you to Jesus. Again not to tell you how bad you are but to convince you of how good God is to to save you and cleanse you and, and get you started on the right path and and help you in in this thing we call life and and promise you eternity in heaven. And you say pastor I need that. Man, I got to respond. I need Jesus. Here. Again, this is how it starts. I would pray this prayer. I'll I'll pray a little line and you can repeat it where you're at and and, and then, and then, and this is where it starts. I would just say something like this, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. I thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. I thank you that you paid the price so I could be forgiven. And I accept you today. I accept you as my Savior. And I ask you to be my Lord and my leader. Here's what I would say. This is all I I would just say, Lord, I give you my life. Not fully, maybe even understanding what that means. But in faith, I just say, Lord, I'm giving you my life. Surrendering to your will. I want to walk in your way. Lord, I want to be changed. I came in the south, but I'm leaving in the north. I came in lost, but I'm leaving found by your grace and goodness in Jesus' name. In just a minute, Tyler's gonna come up and give you some next steps, some instructions as we close out this service. And again, we're, 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 we've got our landing gear down. We're coming in for a landing. But how many would admit today in your own heart that there's some things that need to change? And the reality is we all, we're all in that group. This is what I want you to do. You gotta look at me and then I'm gonna just for a minute I want you to take that thing and put it in your hands that attitude that action that addiction that struggle that challenge that thing that you just need God to intervene in and we're going to give it to him we're going to surrender to him we're going to say you know what the Bible says cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you and here's what I'm believing some of you are going to be delivered immediately and some it's going to be a transformation over time That as you spend time in his word and worship and get in a group and come to church that so God's going to weed out the bad and fill it with good. He's going to help you. But it begins by just giving it to him. And so, and so in just a minute, I'm going to, I'm just going to ask you to release it to the Lord. You got that thing? And It's in your life that you know it's not good, It's no, it's not helping you. And and when you're ready, I just want you to say, Lord, I can't do this on my own. I don't have enough willpower. I don't have enough strength. I need your deliverance. I need your freedom. And so I give it to you. And you just kind of give it. And as you do, just kind of raise your hands towards him. That's what you're going to do. You got it? Here here we go, Lord. I I can't do this on my own. I can't can't work this out. I I don't have enough self-will. I don't have enough self-discipline. If I I did, I would have changed already, but I can't. And Lord, I need your help today. And so by faith, I give it to you. Come on, let's give it to God. God, we give it to you. We surrender to you. Lord, that attitude, that sharp tongue, that hot head. Lord, that, that hard heart. Lord, that that whatever, critical spirit. Lord, I release the person that's hurt me. I'm not gonna walk in bitterness. Lord, I need your healing power in my life. I'm not gonna let a person hold me captive to a sin they did to me just not going to do it, Lord. You've forgiven me. I choose to forgive others. God, I surrender it.